2: Optimus Prime.
1: I am the future of Borg. Resistance is futile. Yes, a Jedi strength flows from the
2: Force, but beware of the dark side. I'm
0: sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that.
1: This is uh, Rick Cole, and you're listening to Treks and Sci-Fi.
3: Hello, everybody. What's happening? This is Mark Daniels from the Great Pacific Northwest, and you are listening to Treks and Sci-Fi, episode 525 for Sunday, February 8th, 2015. I'm back this week with another classic science fiction movie. Today's movie was a request from Pete Foltz, a.k.a. Brompton Boy on the and sci-fi form. It's an adventure movie from 1964. It's Robinson Crusoe on Mars, starring Paul Manti, Victor London, and Adam West. Before I get into this week's podcast, I'd like to thank Rico for giving me another opportunity to share with all of you another classic science fiction movie. I'd also like to thank everyone who took the time to listen to me today. I hope you enjoy it. With that said, I'm going to play the trailer to this movie. I'll be back after the trailer with some movie information, and then we'll get into the movie.
1: all the heart-pounding suspense of this first two-man space probe traveling more than 71 million astro miles toward mars here are all the unexpected terrors of outer space unidentified flying mass dead ahead
3: collision course
0: fire main retros firing main retros
3: Mars gravity's taking over, pulling us down. Prepare to eject. Emergency procedure.
1: Blast off when you're ready. The scorching surface of the fire swamp that is Mars. A world no man has ever seen, and now one man must explore alone. temporary home is found how long can a man stay alive my two most difficult
0: problems are air and water i have with what's left in my tank and one reserve cylinder enough oxygen for about 60 hours of course once my air gives out water won't matter
1: no air to breathe but suddenly an unexpected source of oxygen the life-giving miracle of the yellow stones that burn like coal Here is a modern Robinson Crusoe struggling for survival in a cruel environment. Finding water. Discovering a source of nourishment. But unable to lick the most terrifying problem of all. You've got to face the reality of being alone forever. The devastating laser beams with which spacemen from the constellation Orion excavate the rare minerals of Mars. The escaping slave worker who becomes a modern man Friday. The storm of burning ashes whose fury descends on Mars. The polar ice cap and the wild surface storms that cover the planet with freezing cold holocaust of searing hell when Mars and a flaming asteroid collide and turn the ice cap into molten lava the violent celestial bombardment of Mars by attacking humanoids from another galaxy
3: Robinson Crusoe on Mars is a science fiction retelling of a classic novel by Daniel Defoe. It was released June 17, 1964. It has a running time of 110 minutes. The movie was directed by Byron Haskin. If the name sounds familiar, it's because he also directed The War of the Worlds. Now here's some information about the stars of this movie. Paul Manti was Commander Christopher Draper. He was born Paul Marionetti, on January 9, 1931, in San Francisco, California. He was an American film and television actor. He was a journalism major at San Mateo Junior College. He served in the United States Navy during the Korean War. While serving during the war, he made the decision to get into acting as a career. He's made guest appearance on a lot of TV shows, like Cheyenne, 12 O'Clock High, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, Ironside, Mannix, and even Chips. He would go on to author two novels, In Search of the Perfect Ravioli and Bruno of Hollywood. He passed away on November 7, 2013 at the age of 82. Next up, Victor London. He was Friday in the movie. He was born June 15, 1930 in Chicago, Illinois. He was an American character actor. He was also a singer, songwriter, and has two albums to his credit. He began singing and acting as a young child. By the age of eight, he was performing in school musicals and was a member of a local band at the age of 16. He attended a number of colleges and universities before finally graduating from Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles with a bachelor's degree in communication arts and literature. He will best be remembered for this movie and being the first Klingon to be shown on the original series of Star Trek. He passed away June 29, 2013, at the age of 80. Last but not least, Adam West. He was Colonel Dan McCready. He was born William West Anderson on September 19th, 1928, in Walla Walla, Washington. He's an American actor and voiceover artist. He attended Walla Walla High School during his freshman and sophomore years and later enrolled at Lakeside School in Seattle. He graduated with a bachelor's of art degree in literature and a minor in psychology from Whitman College. He was drafted in the United States Army and served as an announcer on the American Forces Network television. He is best known for his title role in the 1960s ABC series, Batman. He has done guest spots on lots of TV shows like Love American Style, The Big Valley, Night Gallery, Alias Smith & Jones, Mannix, Emergency, Alice, Police Woman, and the list goes on. He also made a career as a voiceover actor. He has worked on numerous animated series, including appearances on The Simpsons, Futurama, Rugrats, Kim Possible, Johnny Bravo, and even Batman, the animated series. He has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And that's all I have for movie information. Now let's get into the movie. The movie starts off with Commander Christopher Draper, Colonel Dan McCready, and their flight monkey, Mona, in orbit of the planet Mars. They are on a collision course with a large orbiting meteor and must take evasive action to avoid it. Evading the meteor uses all the remaining fuel, and now they must use the escape pods.
0: Unidentified flying mass, dead ahead. Meteor.
1: Massive. Collision course. Distance interval, 28 seconds.
0: Fire main retros. Firing main retros. Which way? Fire up a retros. Firing up a retros.
1: We're in a descending orbit. ain't fast, my friend. Mars gravity's taking over, pulling us down. Calling NASA, calling NASA. Colonel Dan McCready commanding Mars gravity probe one, forced out of orbital velocity
3: to avoid collision with planetoid and into tighter orbit of Mars. The gravity of the planet's pulling us toward it. We've got to blast back into orbital velocity. Use all our fuel. That problem we can lick later.
0: Nine point three zero.
3: I see. We'll blast again, Delta velocity. Delta V, okay.
1: That's our fuel. NASA Earth satellite to Mars Gravity Probe One. Do not disassemble space vehicle until all other procedures have been tried. Prepare to eject. Emergency procedure. Ready, Mac. So long and good luck. Okay, kid. I'll see you when we join up. Blast off when you're ready.
0: I'm ready. So long. Be seeing you.
3: Commander Draper ejects first and crash lands on the surface. Colonel McCready ejects a little later. Commander Draper uses a hatch from his spaceship to make a sled to hold all his supplies and his equipment. He then heads out to find some shelter. He finds these yellow rocks that burn like coal and shelter in a cave on the side of a cliff.
0: This is Commander Christopher Draper of the Navy of the United States of America, Planet Earth, former co-pilot Mars Gravity Probe One. On our third orbit of this planet, we took evasive action to avoid collision with a meteor and were forced into dangerous gravitational pull of Mars. We were forced to abandon ship. As of now, the vehicle frame is still orbiting Mars. Seems to have established gravitational balance. We ejected capsule without incident. Colonel Dan McCready ejecting after I did. I'll set out to look for him tomorrow. From all indications, he should be on the other side of a high range of rocky peaks to the west. Now, my two most difficult problems are air and water. I have, with what's left in my tank and one reserve cylinder, enough oxygen for, well, about 60 hours, depending, of course, on how much I exert myself. My first discovery was that the air on Mars is far too thin to support human life. As to water, by severe rationing, I can get by for about 15 days. Of course, once my air gives out, water won't matter. First. Positive survival point. I found a yellow rock. It's as burnable as some of our poorer grades of coal. Heat's uneven, but it should make the Martian nights endurable. I feel a little bit like Columbus. Set down in a strange new land full of new wonders, new discoveries. It's a challenge, all right challenge to my training. Sometimes challenges can get mighty big. But I'm going to stay alive, believe me. That's for the morale officer.
3: Later that night, Commander Draper wakes from his sleep gasping for air when the oxygen in his cylinder runs out.
0: Well, I've licked the heat and shelter problem. Breathing, that's a different story. Moving about, exerting myself, I found that I can breathe the air of Mars for about... Well, 12 to 15 minutes before I need to take air from my tank for a booster. Lying down, asleep, inactive, I can get by for an hour before taking a booster. In this way, with some discomfort, I can conserve my oxygen supply. At the most optimistic appraisal, I have 50 or so hours of life left. God willing. The problem is sleeping. If I don't wake up in time to renew my air supply, it's hearts and flowers. Got to make some kind of alarm device, to safeguard myself. Tomorrow, and morning's only a couple of hours away, I'm going to rejoin Mac. Little old Mac. I bet he's got these problems licked.
3: The next day, Commander Draper sets out to find Colonel McCready. He spots something in the distance. It turns out to be the wreckage of Colonel McCready's escape pod. He finds the body of Colonel McCready inside the wreckage. He buries the Colonel's body and discovers that Mona, the flight test monkey, has survived the crash. Commander Draper and Mona head back to the cave. Commander Draper is exhausted and out of oxygen when they arrive at the cave. He passes out due to a lack of oxygen. He later awakens and discovers that the yellow rocks produce oxygen when heated.
0: Well, you can scratch signature. I found an answer that saved my life temporarily. These yellow stones that burn like coal. I've been wondering about this a lot. Where do they get the oxygen to burn? It must be similar to solid rocket fuel with its own built-in oxygen. Heat and flame release it. It's breathable. I've got to find some way to store it. As far as life on this planet, I've seen no sign of any other living thing anywhere.
3: Yet. With water running low, Commander Draper finds water when he follows Mona and falls into a cave with an underground spring. He also finds edible plant sausage that grows underneath the water.
0: Mona the monkey spends most of her days off somewhere. Where she goes, I have no idea. Thank God she doesn't seem to need or want water. I've offered it to her every day. I'm on strict rationing myself, and even then I'll be out of water in a few days. Hal, well, I've now been on Mars for two weeks. I've tried on several occasions to talk down the wreck of our space vehicle, the Eleanor M. I can't break it out of Mars' gravity grip. It answers electronically, but the jets don't fire. No fuel left. So there it is. A supermarket that flies through my sky, and it might as well be in East Overshoe. You can Say that again, brother.
3: Commander Draper makes a stew with the plant sausage and gives himself a case of food poisoning. During a fever dream, he imagines that his co-pilot, Colonel McCready, pays him a visit, but doesn't talk to him. He wakes from the dream when his oxygen alarm goes off.
0: A guy can lick the problems of heat, water, shelter, food. I know I've done it. And here's the hairiest problem of all. Isolation. Being alone. Boy, here's where he'll crack. Here's where he'll go under. I know, I know, I had great training, including two months in the isolation chamber. So when I was in that chamber, I knew I was coming out. I knew I'd be with people again. But up here on Mars, you've got to face the reality of being alone forever.
3: On one of his excursions, he finds a burial mound. After a little digging, he finds a skeleton with a thick black band around its wrist and a hole in the skull. Commander Draper determines that the person was murdered and he destroys all evidence of his existence, including destroying his own orbiting spaceship. One night, he observes a spaceship land in the distance. He goes to investigate the spaceship and finds an alien mining operation. The aliens are using slave labor to mine the ore. One of the slaves escapes and runs into Commander Draper. The alien ship blasts the areas at the two escape. Commander Draper and the alien slave return to his cave. The alien slave has black bands on its wrist, just like the skeleton that Commander Draper found at the burial mound.
0: An interplanetary space vehicle made a landing like no space vehicle I've ever seen on Earth. From what I see from my videotape, it was manned by some animated beings, obviously from some planet other than Mars. They're here apparently on an ore gathering expedition. They mine electronically by remote control. They also use slaves and they handle them electronically. One of them escaped. He's with me. And I'm trying to establish communication with him. He's pretty much like an earth being, except he's completely mute. And for all I know, deaf. as a companion, Cosmos, Mona's better.
3: Commander Draper and the alien slave see the alien slavers leave the planet, and the alien slave begins to talk.
0: Come on, I'm not supernatural. Come on, Joe, or whatever your name is. No. Friday, that's it. With apologies to Robinson Crusoe. On your feet, Friday. Patex. Baton. My God! I thought you were a mute. Who is If you can make sounds like that, you can make English sounds. Friday, you're going to learn English if I have to sit on your chest for two months.
3: Commander Draper and Friday return to the mining site, only to discover that the alien slavers have killed all the slaves and taken their air pills. Then an overhead meteor explodes, covering them with a heavy layer of ash. Friday saves Commander Draper's life by freeing him from the ash and giving him one of the oxygen pills. Two months go by and the alien slavers return to hunt for Friday. The alien slavers can track Friday by the thick bands on his wrist. They bombard the caves with laser blasts. This forces Commander Draper, Friday, and Mona to escape into the tunnels beneath the Martian canals. The alien slavers follow them as they move through the tunnels. Eventually, they are forced to come back on the surface by volcanic activity. Once on the surface, they head for the polar ice cap. When they finally reach the ice cap, they build a shelter and remove Friday's wristbands. That's when a meteor hits the ice cap and causes an avalanche, burying them. They dig themselves out of the snow. Commander Draper detects an approaching spaceship. He fears it's the returning alien slavers, but is relieved when his portable radio picks up an English-speaking voice rescue group three to earth
1: satellite one more fact to report the media that struck mars is building the polar ice cap
2: not enemy talk like you
1: like me like me friday
0: uh this is commander christopher draper of the united states navy my god a voice from
3: mars The movie ends with Commander Draper and Friday watching the landing of the rescue capsule. And that's the end of the movie. Now it's time for some movie trivia. The air pills were stock M&Ms, while the sausages harvested from the Martian plants were pepperoni. Many of the scenes of the Martian surface were filmed at Zabriskie Point in Death Valley, California. The aliens are seen dressed in spacesuits from Destination Moon. The alien spacecraft were reworked Martian war machines from the War of the Worlds. Female simian astronaut Mona was played by a male woolly monkey named Barney, who wore fur trunks to conceal his unmentionables. The voice of the astronaut in the Earth Rescue Vessel is provided by director Byron Haskin. That's all I have for trivia. Here are my comments about the movie. I watched the 2007 Criterion Collection Edition DVD. The picture and sound quality are excellent. The DVD comes with loads of bonus features. It comes with an audio commentary from the screenwriter Ib Melkor, actors Paul Manti and Victor London, special effects designer Al Nazaki, and director Byron Haskin. It also comes with a featurette called Destination Moon, a theatrical trailer, a 13-page booklet, and a music video from Victor London. I think they did an excellent job in bringing this classic story into the 20th century. Instead of being marooned on an island, he's marooned on a planet. He still has to find shelter, food, water, and heat. But being on Mars, there's a different element. Now he has to find air because there's no, not a breathable atmosphere on Mars. Um, I think that Paul Manti and Victor London did an excellent job in this movie. They were totally believable. The location was perfect death valley looks like a lifeless planet there is a couple things that made me laugh during the movie it was like when commander draper crashes on the planet and he hears a strange noise from the back of the ship and he pulls out this gun and it's got a huge barrel on it i mean it's like a foot long and when he pulls it out i i kind of expected a flag to come out of it and go bang something like that but you got to see it um Then there was the sausage plants, you know, he, he finds the water and then there's some plants growing in the water. And I remember as a kid looking at the, that looks like pepperoni. And you know what? I was right. Another cool thing was the oxygen pills. It reminded me, I'm dating myself now. It reminded me of oxygum from Marine boy. And I know Pete and Rico and those of us of a certain age, remember Marine boy. So we're old. The Omnicom was pretty cool. That's the, uh, his communication device. It did video. It did audio. I always thought that was very cool, and I wanted one when I was a kid. Um, the one thing that took me out of the movie was the reuse of props from other science fiction movies and TV shows, like the, the spaceships. Well, they were reworked Martian war machines from the War of the World. Um, the giant meteor, that's from uh, Conquest of Space. The spacesuits were from Destination Moon and the helmets were from Tom Corbett, Space Cadet. And when you look at that stuff and you're watching the movie, it takes you out of the movie for a second because you go, oh, yeah, that's the War of the Worlds spaceship. And you kind of get lost. But that's my only complaint. Other than that, this is a great movie. If you like this movie, you need to see Enemy Mine with Dennis Quaid and Louis Gossett Jr. Some would say it's a remake of Robinson Crusoe on Mars. I would recommend this movie to science fiction fans of all ages. It's a great movie. On a scale from 1 to 10, I'll give this movie a 9 out of 10. And that's it for this week's podcast. Before I end this week's podcast, I'd like to thank Rico again for giving me this opportunity to share with all of you another classic science fiction movie. I'd also like to thank everyone who took the time to listen to me today. I hope you enjoyed it. Rico will be back next week with Kenny and they will be covering the movie Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I'll end this week's podcast with Victor Lundin singing Robinson Crusoe on Mars from the music video of the same name. Everyone take care. This is M5 signing off.
2: When I was a little boy, my daddy took me to a science fiction movie. When it was over, he said, when you grew up, my son... What do you want to be? Without hesitation I told him I wanted to be An astronaut in outer space Exploring the galaxy He put his hand on my shoulder And pointed up to the stars If you get there before me I'll meet you on the planet Mars, not long after God took my daddy away, but the words he spoke to me I remember to this day. Robinson Crusoe, Robinson Crusoe on Mars, you be the astronaut be that guy for Mars Robinson Crusoe Robinson Crusoe and Mars We'll be together on a trip to the stars As fate would have it I found myself in space Stranded on a lonely planet With no way to escape And as the story goes By Daniel Defoe Along came Friday To be with Robinson Crusoe I thought we would die, a rescue ship flashed by, to save Friday and me, and our pal the morning Monkey. Now that I'm back on Earth, I look up into the sky, I remember my daddy's words, and I know he really didn't die. a guy from our Today, TrekSF at gmail.com. Until next time, live long and prosper. Trek's in the...